Hello, this is Ken. I am not going to tell you a lot about this story at the beginning of this episode because I think it's pretty obvious as the episode rolls through. But I want to say one thing about this episode. It's very personal and it's the very first time that I put myself in this space where I am talking about my own journey versus inviting other people to talk about theirs. It's a very shared experience between me and my friend Indira and it's really raw it's it's one of those episodes that i might not maybe keep around for too long because of how raw and personal it is but it's a little bit of a challenge to myself because this is what i wanted this platform to be about the things we don't say i know i have said this before and i've said this a lot time and time again but it's a real privilege to have this platform and to be in this situation where I get to bring you these stories. I am forever thankful and thankful for everybody who's been supporting me along this journey. You are amazing. Thank you very much. So without further ado, please tune in. This this episode is going to be very interesting, I think. <laughs> I can assure you that. What are you planning to do? That, that can be that can be like you know the goal, and, and and so that we don't you know think about it as like oh shit we're about to fuck ourselves in the future of our lives with this recording. But by being so scandalous, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Do you even have questions prepared for me? Nope. So how not at all. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go, go, go ahead. We just really record, quick. not just the audio. Can you do like audio and video? I do want to record it. This is fun. You want to record the video too? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Can you tell people what you actually do? I'm a labor organizer, a storyteller, and an advocate. I talk to people about especially in states like Texas right now, about how they can get together with their coworkers and collectively change their working conditions. I started in the labor movement working with farm workers where only the state of California and now in New York have collective bargaining rights. We have a history in this country of treating farm workers like slaves. Slaves were the people that used to do agriculture in this country. Yeah, That's where I started. So I would talk to workers, bring them together, unifying them and all in agreement that their working conditions were shitty. And that was with dairy workers back in the days. And then now I'm here in Texas working with poultry workers mm. that work from eight to 16 hour days, standing, peeling your chickens and gutting them out without time to take a break or to go to the bathroom. I'm fascinated by the opportunity that I have to actually do something that I love, which is talking to people, um, getting to the nitty gritty about what you know motivates them to change. Working people are the ones that move you know, our economies, our countries, our society, right? So the goal is essentially get them together and organized and then maybe have them apply later for, or, or at least try to bargain with their current institutions with like, okay, we need better pay. and More than better pay, I think it's better working conditions. conditions like I yeah. think like if, you, if we focus on the pay, pay is, is a great focus, of course. But I think what really kills people and our soul is how we get treated, right? I agree. I, I totally agree. Wow. That's Woo! what I do, people, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> and I do that with chickens, and I also do that in healthcare. So I also, you know, organize healthcare workers. I mean, I've done it in the dairy industry. I've done it in farm workers, coffee, everything. Yeah, that's so cool. The, the original idea was this, right? I wanted to talk to you because I know you've listened to quite a few of my episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I think this is probably going to be one of the very first ones that I released. You know, it's a juicy one, people. This is a juicy one. (laughs) You will get to learn about me and then probably a little bit about your. Uh oh. (laughs) Your, Uh the person, (laughs) the interviewer. Uh oh. (laughs) That's a big damn uh oh. Uh oh. Listen, I'm the, I ask the questions over here. No. 
So you listened to a few of my episodes last season, right? Which one of the stories inspired you the most? I, I have a guess, but <laughs> oh well, can you guess, please? Uh, I think it was the vulnerability one with JP. Yeah, that one was a good one. That one was a good one. I mean, you know what? I listen to all of your episodes, and I just love listening to you and how you interact with your friends. For me, it's like just observing you and your own growth, right? Like talking about the vulnerability with JP. That was pretty interesting. I mean, and man, the kind of people that you hang out with, right, is just ridiculous. You have a plethora and just a diversity of friends that it's just so rich and that brings so much to your life and that these people at the end of the day influence you and you influence them. I mean, that this is why I think you're such a all well-rounded human being. Thank you. So, Thank you. yeah. Thank you so but, much. But, but you didn't talk a lot about all this stuff, which it was why I was listening, right? Like you were interviewing your friends and stuff like that, like JP, you know, talking about like relationships and things. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to talk a lot more about that. <laughs> but, um, what, what, what aspect of that? I mean, all aspects, right? Because we know each other for reasons that may come out in this episode <laughs> or not. I, I don't remember exactly right now what JP said, but it was about, you know, just being like taking the risk of the unknown. And I think you struggled with that, right? At least with me. I mean, I'm sure with other people you didn't, but that was the story that I got. Oh, yes. I'm so afraid of taking a risk. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about shit right now. Oh, that, um, that is so honest. <laughs> That's the truth. Yep, that's the truth. So, but anyways, for me, that's that's a way that I live when I've been in extreme fear, right? Especially of relationships. I used to go into like, oh yeah, he's probably just, you know, my worst fear, right? He's going to leave me for another guy. First one. Yeah. Second, like people, you're paying attention, just listen to what I said, leave me from a net to (laughs) another guy. That was my biggest fear in the world. That happened. Not really. That didn't happen like that, but it was close to that. That that, by the way is pertinent. I I feel like someone who's listening to you in this episode that doesn't know anything about you probably heard this and didn't... (laughs) You didn't get it. People, I used to be with a person that was not honest with me and was also dating people from the same sex. And then also from, I don't know, from, I I think he was getting into everything Yeah. And, and it was not honest. Right. And that was extremely, extremely hurtful because for me, it's not about like your preferences, but it was something that I experienced in my life that was extremely hurtful that really jaded me into my new relationships and which to this day, I'm still very hyper alert about it. But now as JP will say, I have to take a risk and fuck it. So, so, so what if you like dicks? It's okay. So do I, right? Yeah. You know, like at this point in my life, it's just like, just be honest about it. Like don't hide it. I think cheating is the, the idea here that should not happen and that we should have, if we're in a monogamous relationship, was that clear? Crispy. <laughs> so taking risks, right? Absolutely. Do you want do you want our 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 secrets to come out in this episode? Absolutely. Bring bring it on. If it's too hard to publish, I'll take it out. But <laughs> well, well, should I start with like the story, like how I tell it, or you want to tell it? No, actually, how you tell it, because I don't feel like I've heard you tell it before. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I will tell you the story that um, I was on Bumble for a little bit. Yeah. So was yeah. I. And, and, <laughs> and I was I was sick and tired of it. Anyways, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And my coworkers were like, no, no, Indira, just give it one more chance. Just give it one. So I signed up for, for Bumble again. Yeah. And I'm going through my through my matches. And there was you, with a perfect teeth. Oh my gosh. People, I had the biggest crush on this man on his, because of your teeth, right? I think I don't, I've never seen prettier and more perfect teeth. I have seen them, 
but <laughs> just being straightforward. And then, wow, your profile was like very my type. Like you were my type. And oops, it's got me writing a text message right now. My baby's thinking of me. And it's oh. not this one that I'm talking to. Oh, that is so cute. And and that's perfect interjection too. Because I you didn't like how I'm telling the story, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Keep going. I'm going to keep going. Keep going. Keep so, going. Bring it on. So then I was like, oh my gosh. Literally, I did think he cannot be more perfect, which I was so fucking wrong. <laughs> um, y'all, I'm going to be very honest to your to your audience here. I was so fucking wrong. But I didn't discover that until like two months later. Um, <laughs> anyways, if, if you're thinking that there's still going something on, there's nothing. Just so people know. No. I'm giving you from now. I'm engaged, just so everybody knows. Yeah, but this is how this is healthy, right? Like I'm telling you the story. I want you're gonna process this shit after this. I know it. Yeah. I know you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we exchanged numbers, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't fucking wait for you to call me. And then we talked, and I think we talked oh, forever, right? And then we were like, so we should meet. <laughs> And we met, and it was magical. I will never forget that I was entering that restaurant, and you literally took your phone out, and you took a photo of me, and you said that you wanted to save it because you knew one day you were gonna like it was gonna be important. Or something. I don't know some cheesy shit that you would say. <laughs> But I don't remember, and I'm glad I don't, because it used to be a hang-up for me. Then? <laughs> then? Pop, pop, popcorn comes out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm processing. I'm processing. Um, and so I thought I was, like, in cloud nine. I liked you so, so much. And I had not been treated like that in forever. I always tell people, like, So you guys want to know how he got me? I took a shower and he brought me a warm towel. (laughs) And to this day, he's a big hang up for me. Nobody brings me warm towels. Anyways, I was like, did he just do that? He did. He did. You brought me a warm towel after I showered. Um, I couldn't fucking believe my eyes. And my body couldn't believe it because it was just so... It was the most amazing feeling ever. Like, wake the fuck up and somebody wakes you up with a warm towel. And then they make coffee for you. And then you literally did make me feel like the most beautiful woman on face of earth. So I want to thank you for that. Um, You brought a very different side of me. I was so happy and I think we both were. And that was the scary part for you. That it was just too good to be truth. And so you cut it. Um... He fucked it up, people. He sure did. Just saying. Anyways, I think, like, for me, that was a story. We had an amazing... I don't know. How long did that live for? Was it a month? Was it less? Close, I think. I think, like, three weeks or something. Yeah, I think we were getting to a month. And then you, of course, were like, oh, no, this cannot keep going on for more than a month. And then let me sabotage it. Which is what happened. You no, know, it's, it's true. I'm, I'm not denying it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one of the most memorable, super short-lived relationships that I've ever had. One of the most raw ones. So if I may say my responsibility and all that, I, I was still pretty raw about like my previous relationship. And I think I brought that to this one. And then we had a conversation about the fact that, you know, you weren't ready to go fast. And I was like, but how long do you think I fucking have? And you're like, ah, oh, you're moving too fast. And I was like... Well, I only have like a couple of years to have babies, just so you know. And then I think that I really fucked that one up and I scared you. I feel like I've seen that a lot in relationships where people don't have each other's expectations and then like they grow mad at each other. Meanwhile, like somebody, one person out of the two has it deep in them that they want something that obviously the other partner does not want but they don't like openly communicate about it that story to me was also like it was a very big catalyst because on the other side of everything that was fun and the hot towel i learned a lot 
it's like this, I right? I force you to go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. I, I started going back to therapy around that time. And I also, I mean, I just made a lot of changes, right? We got you a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I needed help. I didn't know how to, you know, to how to get help. <laughs> I gave him his first foot rub <laughs> that he almost passed out on because he had never been on a self-care self-care journey in his life yeah that was all me <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it was all me give me all the credit <laughs> no no it, it was, no no this is all true i i remember recently just going through something and I actually um, asked JP this question too. I don't know if you picked it up in that episode where I was asking him like, what does he do for self-care? And that, that came from, you know, those conversations back in the day of how, how do you self-care as a man? And now I have a crazy routine. It's insane. I, first of all, I discovered facials and, <laughs> and I'm never going back. I don't know what they put in there. Like I ask for whatever the most natural chemicals possible they could they have over there, whatever. But I just sit there for one hour and get whoever is available from from that place to like massage my, <laughs> my face. Just rub on me. Yeah, you know. And, and, oh my goodness! But yeah, no, that was. No, I, and I think I also, I mean, I had heard of Brene, Brene Brown before, but then I started to take her a lot more seriously since then. I don't that's know. My, that's, that's my girl. I listen to her every morning. Yeah, yeah. You, you sent me something about a, a podcast that she did recently, right? And I listened to that as well. And I think one thing that I learned from from that part, that story is that sometimes it really doesn't have anything to do with you can want something, right? And you can desire something or a situation or whatever. But there might be other pieces in your life or things that are like just not happening right now, right? That may force you into a corner where you are not in the position to open up and you have to be able to like figure out what those are and be able to identify them, right? And I think that was the thing with me was like, there was just a lot going on and and I see that a lot too in dating right now, like in talking to friends, right? They'll go on dates and the guy's super interested and stuff. And I always tell my girlfriends, wait for consistency because when somebody is expressing their interest at the beginning, that's all great and dandy, but you don't actually know the connection between what they say they want and what it actually is once they're actually faced with the situation. We gave each other so much so quick. It was magical. But, uh, but also intense. It was really fucking intense. What is this? I need to run. I gotta go. <laughs> you ran away from me. Yes, you did. Oh, you man. Did. Oh, that's... But at least in my experience, in my story, what I tell in my head, I think I also had to like still revisit the pains and hurts that I had from my previous relationship. There was a lot of things that popped up for me and that I still needed to heal. It was very hurtful. We didn't talk like for a month. Yeah, um, I, remember. I remember that. Like I cried when you were like, yeah, this is not and to me, it was like, why the fuck am I crying over like a dude that I only met like a month ago? But it was that intense. But I really, I remember this, like, I didn't want to lose you because you made me feel different. You may disagree with that. Like, but for me, it was just like, wow, I, I want to be treated like that. That raised me the standard of how I wanted to be treated. Even at the end, first, of course, I was super hurt. Of course, a lot of things bubbled up. But at the end, I'm always grateful. Like, you've been one of those amazing additions in my life. Now, even as a friend, right? Yeah. If I, you know, you made me buy this damn MacBook, right? That I dropped a lot of money on. And I would never trust anybody else to ask those questions, too. We yeah. talk about finances. We talk about relationships. We talk about our yeah, like I always tell you, like, I appreciate you. I, I really do. I'm in a very different moment in my life now. Man, what I experienced with you was this, this very crazy emotional moment. Yeah. It was lusty. It was not sustainable. It felt like teenage love, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was very intense like that. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I hope I never feel that again. <laughs> <laughs> Or I, I sometimes feel like maybe I need that high again in my life, but mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it was a high. It was it was really high. No, I I agree. I agree. But you know, it's it's actually like a very interesting question, right? And I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder like on what side of picking a partner or a life partner should should it be this crazy of an excitement or should it be like I've seen when they get married, like they, they essentially are marrying like their best friends and just Sometimes you take out a little bit of a loop and start to look for the romantic love in the relationship because you can't believe they're that spectrum of from teenage love to friends slash associates. And I don't know. I don't know what the what the correct answer is for that. I don't know either. For a very long time after that happened, when I was still single, wow, I'm about to fucking get real vulnerable. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We connected in so many levels. I remember seeing you the day of the Martin Luther King event that you showed up to that. And I was like, in my gut, I remember that moment in a way that I was just like, wow. I always wanted that in a partner, somebody that I can do those things with. And I remember seeing you and I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, wow, maybe this is a sign. Then it happened to be that we had friends in common. And then I was like, fuck, that is a sign. I will find you everywhere. And I'm like, how the fuck is this happening? And you rejected me like harshly that I was like, okay, then fuck you, you know, <laughs> literally. I, I think the moment that that dropped is was like, once I like after therapy that I realized I'm like, I mean, it could be that, you know, you are soulmates, but then the only thing that you can have is a friendship. And so I rather have a friendship. But for me, I think in who I am, mm -hmm. you know, this this is another truth, right? I have like a other very close friend. And you know him, George, that you were like, oh, you guys should end up together. Our friendship is so raw and so beautiful. That's been a friendship. Yeah. But for the eyes of people, they're like, oh, no, there's magic there. I don't think that's magic. I think that's real love, like real siblings. I will give everything that I have for my brother. And I don't think society is, or maybe I wasn't even ready for that, but I have that. I remember you telling me like, I oh, don't know, you guys should be together, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, you asshole, I want to be with you. <laughs> um, I, was, I was getting ready to marry you off. <laughs> yeah, you wanted me. And, and, and I thought, you tell me if you were sincere about that shit. Were you? Oh, yeah. When I knew or got word that you got engaged, I did not see who he was. Uh, I thought it was George. I thought it was George. I didn't even think twice. Yeah, no, it was not George. But I mean, it's... But it, a lot of people think that. A yeah. lot of people think that. For me, there's only the, the only one relationship that I have not been able to be friends with is with that one ex that I will never mm -hmm. share the name because I just shared a lot yeah, um yeah, and it's not my responsibility to share that i don't think that we can ever be friends again i don't think that i i actually am at the point where it's just i just hope and pray that i never have to hear back from that person ever in my life yeah it's sad because i used to love him so much but then it's such a privilege that even with people that were such a short period in my life, like like you, that I can still be friends with. Like I can, and we can still be raw and I can still be honest. I do have a Dominican uh, fiance. Yeah, that he's so cute. <laughs> he's extremely handsome. And, and I think I've been very honest with him about who I am. I don't think that he gets all this, like, how can you be friends, you know, with people that you've been in a relationship with before. I'm all about being honest and respectful. That's me. Tell me the story, vulnerability-wise, right? So... This is me being the most raw I've been in a while. Yeah. So we, we saw each other. You went back out. You did it a little bit. How did you do it? Because like that's that was essentially like the theme of season one for me in certain spaces. People did not really notice this, but a lot of the times I I found and handpicked friends because I felt like they've probably they were ahead of me in the journey of being open, vulnerable in their relationships and stuff. And I wanted to figure out like how they got to the other side of it. And I think, you know, even going into season two, it's gonna be uh, a little bit of that still because I'm still figuring that, that piece out. 
And and of course, it's also going to be a lot of personal stories because there's nothing more personal than telling the story of uh, of having dated someone and, and having that person <laughs> talk about it from their experience because that's wild. So how did you just get to the point of being able to be open again and and, and accepting of of wanting to date and even the the engagement i don't feel that i'm in a successful moment or anything like that but i think the the same theme of like jp taking the risk i dated i continue to date i met somebody before my soon-to-be husband here what did i do i fucked it up it was my fault this time i was going out with two people And I mean, I thought that was clear because he never asked me to be exclusive. Right. He he was like, I am not about that life. Yeah, and I was like, damn, I sound like that probably when I, I've turned guys down like that. When that situation happened that I was the one that was cut off from somebody's life, I got tired. I mean, it's just exhausting to be dating. It's exhausting to be opening up to people. It's exhausting to like, oh my gosh. And to be honest, like to me, it was like, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to hear from anybody. And so it happened that my mom, a typical pushy Mexican mother that thinks that her daughter is staying behind because she doesn't have children, really pushed that on me. And I was like, I'm so sick, mom. I'm not going to have children. And if I do, then I'm going to do it solo. So there's a lot of events that happen in my life. So my dad almost died. So I started seeing, you know, life as very vulnerable. I can die tomorrow. And I saw my sister with her children coming over for Christmas. It was so beautiful. And it just made me realize here I am making really good money, having a good career. I so much yearn. Like I have a house, I have a things, but I have an empty house. So I think that was a refocus for me of what really mattered in my life, which is travel, family and the work that I do my mom was just like don't you want a family look how beautiful your sister's life is right like with her kids I should probably have my own and so by then I had already started preparing like my body um, to have surgery for weight loss because that was one of the reasons why I couldn't get pregnant on my own Mm -hmm. so that was like a different journey that I was on as well I looked up every possibility how to become a mother on my own I had already accepted that. So on, I think it was right after my birthday, my mom and my mom's pastor were sitting at the table at my house and my mom goes, you should pray for Indira. And I was like, nah, please don't pray for me. I, I really don't need your prayers. <laughs> and she, my mom goes like, she needs to find a husband so that she can have her family. And this is, and then I was like, no mom, I can do it on my own. I don't need no husband. So the pastor, of course, being ideal (laughs) right being a pastor she's like Indira what are you looking for and this is and that and I was like pastor I already I think I already met people that every box that I could think of have checked and that doesn't mean that they want to marry me Mm -hmm. and actually to be honest it doesn't mean that I want to marry them and so she goes no tell me and I said look to me it's someone that has the same values as me, wants to build a family. I just want somebody that, first of all, can respect me. And I remember putting it out there. My mom goes, oh, pastor, and you should know. And she's like, what? Well, her requirement is that he's a darker shade. And I was like, yeah, that's a requirement. (laughs) That is a requirement. (laughs) And so she started laughing, right? And my mom goes, yeah, she 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 likes them like that and we laugh so hard and she's like oh 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 oh, oh hold on what is your type again and i'm like you know like everybody says you know tall dark and handsome <laughs> and she laughs and she goes oh i have a brother and i was like oh pastor no not your brother I said, you know, I'm not Christ- I'm not religious, really. I, I am mundane as they come. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes like, well, my brother is like you. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Let me, let me, let's, 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 let's talk about this more. And so she, she goes, she goes, my brother is coming in June. And I was like, in June? Oh, I'm like, I thought he was here. And I'm like, well, show me a photo, right? 
And so she pulls up the phone. Mm-hmm. And he showed me the most handsome man I have seen. And I was like, that's your brother? <laughs> How come you didn't talk before that? And um, so I thought he was very handsome. And I just, I'm like, so what does he like, right? That was my first yeah. question. And she and she goes, well, she likes them like you. And I'm like, please explain yourself. Okay? I'm a lot of people. And she goes like, well, your long hair and your skin color. So that really, that one right there yeah. turned me off. Because I was like, mm, I don't want somebody to like me for my skin color. And so then I realized how fucked up I was myself. Right? Um <laughs> I was like, shit. Can you imagine just somebody making a choice based on your skin color? I felt so bad that moment. Yeah. I was just like, I, and I've made that choice all my life. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she said that. And then I had seen the photo and I was just like, well, it may not work. But I mean, you guys keep praying, okay? Yeah. And so he called me and we talked. And I hated his voice. What? With a passion, his accent was so thick I couldn't I couldn't stand it. <laughs> and then he said a couple of things, right? Like super in, in, turned off in, in English or Spanish? No, in, in Spanish. Oh, okay. I mean, he's Dominican, so his que lo que and all this stuff. That I was like, okay. Excuse me. What you doing, <laughs> boy? Anyways, yeah. The first time I really didn't like his voice. I really didn't like what he had to say. And I was like, you know what? I mean, when you come here, we can meet, you know, and we can be friends, whatever. I I wasn't impressed or anything. But he called me again. And I found out that he was nine years younger than me. And I was like, that's a definite no. Hell no. And I told him that. And he's like, wow, you're going to shut down you know, the opportunity to have a family because you have a narrow mind about age. Whoa, nobody had ever fucking put me in my place in my life like that. Nobody, nobody dares to do that, but he did. Yeah. So guess what? After that, I was sucked in. That was a moment that I realized he has the balls to talk to me like that. What else do you have balls to do with me? (laughs) (laughs) So that was really a a turn on and a turn on. Like it was, you know, I was like rethinking it. I really didn't want to talk to him more. My first thought was like, I knew he was coming in June, but to be honest, you know, with 90 day fiance, all I could think about was this guy needs papers and I'm the best target for that. And I actually put that out there right away. And I said, Hey, if you need papers, to be honest, I have friends that you may have to pay $50,000 for, but do not target me. Um, and he goes, just so you know, yeah. just so you know, he goes, actually, my mom had requested me a long time ago, so I don't need your papers. Thank you very much. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, You're getting straight out. That was like. He yeah he did and he did really quick oh so the consistency you talked about fucking consistency right absolutely he was very consistent so every morning he would text me good morning good afternoon good night yeah. he'll ask me if I ate all that stuff and I was like why do you care about what I eat like who gives a shit about what I eat but then I learned that that was a very Dominican thing did you do you know that's also a very African thing that's like that's like a, a classic African man way of like flirting with you so he did and I was just like why are you doing this to me I literally said why do you care about what I eat whatever I thought he was like fat shaming me or something um (laughs) that's how I took that and then so I went to Vegas and then he started sharing with me his photos of his trip to the interior of the Dominican Republic yeah and he was like in his motorcycles and I thought that was the fucking hottest thing I've ever seen oh Oh gosh, and I am so visual. I was just like, Jesus. 
at least if I don't marry you, can I at least fuck you? That was right? like I need that in my life right now. Somebody be kind of handle my ass at this moment. Um, that was my first thought, but then I I thought about it like, oh gosh, he's like my pastor, my mom's pastor's brother. I can't fucking do that. So that's really um, how I kept myself under control. And next thing you know, I went to the DR and one of my requirements in life is that my partner needs to know how to travel with me. Mm-hmm. And he did an excellent job and he was so respectful. He didn't want to jump my bones. To me, that was super weird. And then I started questioning myself about, do you like boys? <laughs> that was the next question for me to him. Oh, I put him yeah. through hell on that. Um, <laughs> but I realized that it was more of, he really wanted to respect me and I really appreciated that. And when it happened, how we resolve conflict together, how we are able to communicate with each other, it's something that I never had before ever. I can talk to him right now about this conversation I'm having with you right now and he may not like it. He may get a little jelly, but at the end of the day, I think that we both know that we're trying to build something that is more than just lovey-dovey and that is more than just i mean i talked to him about legacies right i mean the peñalos from now on are gonna it's a thing Mm -hmm. and and it's a thing that we're working on for his daughter and i mean i cannot wait to see our babies if god allows us to do that and he's just my partner i got his back and i feel like he has mine it don't make no flowers grow in a way that is not competitive in a way that is not i don't have to be watching his back many people have put this in my head like oh my gosh you must have somebody else or whatever i honestly i don't even maybe i'm really naive but he doesn't even give me that vibe with other people i had to be always in that alert zone right like are they cheating there is not that vibe for me here there's other vibes like sometimes i feel like oh my gosh why are you Dominican Republic has a culture of, and I think this happens in a lot of our in a, of our Latin American countries, right? Like you know, you have to show off what you got, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The show off thing. So he, he he's got that in him. You know, I'm not about that life. I'm not going to spend money on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk about it, right? We talk about it. I'm like, once you build your millions, whatever, then if you want to spend money on that shit, knock yourself out. But in the meantime, <laughs> that ain't going to happen with my millions. <laughs> I'm just joking about that. But anyways, I think that the my most favorite part about him is his family, his mom, his sisters, everything around him. And the fact that he has super strong family values. Yeah. My friends love him. That to me is super important too. My family cannot stand the idea that I am about to be married to this guy. You know what? That's kind of strange though, right? Because like, weren't they the ones to you know, suggest and like make all of those comments. I think that, you know, in my family, it's a no. And I truly believe it's because they haven't met him. First of all, Mm -hmm. they don't want to. So that's in their prerogative. My family is, can be pretty prejudiced. Perhaps their perception is that as soon as Indira builds her own family, then they will not be able to count on me the way they do now. Honestly, I don't even bother anymore to ask because it was toxic at some point you know they all think that he's with me because of papers or because he can have a better future with me or whatever and i was just like well i mean don't we all want to have a better future and don't we if we didn't have papers don't wouldn't we all want papers if i could marry all the undocumented community i would do that and that's not the case right and as far as like you know the fact that i'm in a better position right now today if i lose my job i'm done right but because i do have a a job today which i'm very grateful for i'm able to to supply for me for my mother and for my sisters whenever they ask for it and i've been for me money is not a thing that that like i appreciate money a lot i do i appreciate it i know it's a means to to a lot of things to my travels for example however i mean i've been poor so it doesn't destroy my soul you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so what if he sues me and he wants to take all my money oh my gosh is he gonna destroy me no i'm fucking more than that right there's nothing that people can do to me at this point i believe that will destroy me 
Um, because what I believe that could destroy me didn't. And so I think that's the idea, like what he's going to break my heart. Jesus, get in line. How many, how many times I've been heartbroken and I know that I can overcome it. So that's brave. (laughs) I mean, and I cried and, and, you know, if people want to see a miserable person, I was miserable. So, you know, you're facing all kinds of adversity when it comes to like this marriage, but, but at at least are you, are you enjoying the moments that you guys are like creating together? I, I'm in a very present and a very present moment right now. You know, do you remember that song that I used to play for you? You don't know, say mañana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, has, that is an outlook that I live life with now. Yeah. I, I don't know about tomorrow. Like, that's the honest truth. Right. If this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm making the best out of it. Every moment that I spend with him, we're both in it. We are both in it. If the moment that I'm not there and he's somewhere else, I really don't care. I believe. Do, do you mean that truthfully, though? Is it that you don't care, or it's more that you? I have believe... no control over it. Yeah. So it's not I care, but I have no. But I'm also not like before that I used to like think about this, like in other relationships. You know what I mean? Right now. But I feel that there is no need. Like to me, I built this relationship with that vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Like I've talked to him about. He's. I feel that he's been extremely vulnerable with me, right? Like, uh, to me, I respect him so much. Yeah. And that's something that I feel that I probably haven't given other people. To this day, like, I respect him. And like I said, he talks to me like, and he's younger than me, right? He's like, boom. I think it's extremely courageous. I mean, I applaud myself every morning. I'm like, fucking dear, look at you. But, and I do, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's, that's a reality. I don't know if it's going to work out or not. To be honest, do I have like this expectation that it will? Nope. Nope. I don't. I am enjoying my life and he brings himself as a joyous person to the table. Yes. And so do I. And together we are a ball of joy that it's represented in people telling us this all the time that they see us and Wow. I think the other part is this is a man that has also overcome a lot of obstacles in his life. Yeah. Like I said, he has a child. He's young. He comes from a very impoverished country. He was raised by a single mom. Probably our odds to succeed are very minimal. And I think that the beauty of us coming together is that we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. And we both agree on that. I mean, I think about what he makes me feel when we look at each other. And he's not with me right now. And that peace. And I've never felt as protected as when I'm with him. He brings to me this, everything is going to be okay. We've been in the middle of me almost dying in the middle of the, you know, Dominican Republic while I was sick. Um, he seen me being super scared because I'm afraid of the cars in the Dominican Republic. I'm literally fucking fearful for my life every time that we get in those highways he saw me with my friends that have the ability to come to the dr Mm. he hasn't judged me when i'm like about to get my period and get super emotional he's a man of his family he is the youngest brother of two other sisters um right now his family is going through a really hard experience where his cousin has terminal cancer pretty much and to see how they support each other. I respect him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the man I want to wake up next to, right, in the mornings because I respect him like that. <laughs> it's a real, And we, every time that me and you talk, it's real, right? Like, yeah. we've talked, we, me and you have discussed real hang-up of ours. Like, it's, it's actually, for, for people, and this may be, like, hilarious to hear us talk about. I mean, it took us a little bit to get here, mm. right? To be able to talk without tension. We had a lot of tension. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You were, you were really mad at me for a hot minute. <laughs> I was really mad at you. And then, then I went through, like, the mad and then the acceptance. But then it's, like, a part of me always hanged to the idea that maybe 
you would overcome your shit and decide that I was the one. I did think about that. Like, I remember that moment. But then finally that shit left me. I mean, after, like, I learned that you were dating all these chicks that were horrible to you. And I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's wait, got wait, no solution. Wait. He's solving his life. Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know better. You you've told me about it. So. Yeah, I, I... you have very toxic tendencies, with the exception of me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That was probably the best thing in your life. You, you know, you know, I actually, I actually met someone. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No, 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 no! Go for it. I'm just fucking with you. No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's how I approach this whole situation. I am, um, because I don't consider myself very lucky in that part of my life. I, I, yeah, I know. I actually need to stop saying that. You've been extremely, extremely lucky with like blessings. So you could not say that. I agree. I agree. So the, the reason why I say that is just because, you know, I'm, I'm still dealing with like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know what to describe it as. As to you don't know how to put boundaries. That's exactly how you should describe it. Damn. <laughs> Damn. But, you know, I, I think I've, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but I've, I've worked really hard at, at that aspect. She, she might hate me because she might think like, I'm, you know, I'm hiding her to the world. But in reality, it's just like, I'm, I'm almost in this situation where I, I really do not want to jinx it that's where i'm at with it is that like we're we're going through our milestones and i i have no idea where this is going to take us to be honest with you and we just just like your thing we're just very brutally honest with each other about where we were at i think i actually hit even much more of a low and like that's around the time that i met her it's weird like i i feel like i've been almost on a campaign of convincing her that i that I was good I was bad news kind of thing and she you know she didn't she hasn't run yet <laughs> I, I I think we had a recent conversation and she asked me when she was coming on the podcast and I was like <laughs> you want to come on the podcast to talk about us like that's 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 what you really want to do and stuff like but i learned i learned a lot about vulnerability do that. you feel loved oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and and do you absolutely. feel that you reciprocate the love absolutely i i mean i whew, i try <laughs> i'm really intentional and i'm really you know like feet on the ground trying my best to make sure that i show up right and and stay open with how I'm feeling and my emotions and things like that. I think if I may give her some advice, <laughs> this is the following yeah. mysterious woman out there. <laughs> you are an extremely, extremely fortunate. Yeah. And you know, as much as I like throw shit at you, I mean, again, I think I respect you enough or a lot to continue to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And you have gone through a lot and I've witnessed that. And I've seen, I think that the beauty of you is that you are willing to work on it. It may not be in the perfect timing for the other human being, right? Like for me, it wasn't the perfect timing. And at some point you told me that you were saving me from so much. And I was like, well, all that much could have been saved for reals, like if we would have tackled it together, right? And, and I was upset at you for like, you made that decision for me and you didn't allow me, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that was part of like your thing. I don't know. But, you know, since she hasn't bounced, she's still there. You as a human being are an extraordinary person. I don't know about as a partner. I think you are an extraordinary as a partner. Um, I think you will be an amazing, you know, you're an amazing father, you're an amazing friend, son, brother, 
all these things and that you work hard on it. And, and, and yes, you are afraid of being hurt because at some point somebody fucked you up so bad and you have not been able to like heal the whole, it's, it's like, it's like you were a little child and a dog attacked you and left you, you know, with all these open wounds in your face and, you know, everywhere. And dogs are the most, beautiful thing on the face of the earth but you're like so scared of them and you're still sometimes bleeding that's how I see you however you're still you know you're still this amazing human being I mean there's a lot of scars to you and at some point they will heal and I like to explain my situation about when I got wounded to the world where but like, you know, that's how I, that's how I learned to see it so that I didn't stay, stay in that state that was so, I was like rotting in my own pain. So don't, this woman, which I know must be amazing and ridiculously smart, because I know you're like me, mm. you like brains, just is not about the lovey-dovey crazy, it's about Loving a person enough that you respect them. Mm -hmm. And when you respect someone, you're able to see them with such a different lens. I agree. Big shout out to my friend DJ Mo for putting me in contact with King Levan and Kill B. Both of them are on this track, contributing respectively the tracks C'est Toi and If You're Willing. The remaining of the music was composed and licensed under Creative Commons Sucumber Chip the Night and the Afan Lenui. And big, big shout out to the uncontainable, the wonderful, sweet Coco. Just the two of us. This this track is, is everything that this episode really needed. Alright, see you in the next one. Can you?